Welcome back. Good to have you. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Packers got the win over the weekend, and now all sights are set on Lambeau Field. By the way, I would have figured people would have been happy. For whatever reason, I mean, this game is on CBS, but I, for whatever reason, people are upset that Jim Nance and Tony Romo are doing the game. Dude, do Packers fans, like, hate everybody? Uh, you can't beat Bucker Aikman. People hate Chris Collinsworth. I think Collinsworth is is pretty good. Hey, every now and then he makes a, an outrageous statement, and I'm thinking, what are you saying? But I think analytically he's pretty good. Uh, but then they get Nance and Romo, and people are upset about that because it's going to be on CBS. Does it make that big of a difference? Grant, am I missing something here? No, it doesn't make that big of a difference. And most of these announcers are are good. I prefer Buck and Aikman because I think they're kind of funny. And they're my favorite, but Nance and Romo are good. Tariko yeah. and Collinsworth are good. I we lose our minds over announcers. I don't know why. I'm like I don't care as long as you can see the game. Who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I you know you, you'd love to see like Kevin Harlan do it uh, as kind of the the hometown guy and a guy that everybody respects. But beyond that, I'm like you know who cares? Sure. Well, and and what's funny is it's on CBS. It's you know, Packers right. Bears would almost never be on CBS. It's going to feel big. It's going to feel like, well, the CBS yeah. version of America's Game of the Week, but it's going to be dark in the second half at Lambeau, Division rivalry. This should be an awesome game, and I'm glad it's the number one game on CBS. Here we go. If, if today the uh, Green Bay Packers were to open the season uh, in the postseason, uh, the number one seed would be the San Francisco 49ers, and the Packers being the seventh seed, would go to Dallas to face the two seed. You would have the sixth seed on the road taking on the third seed Detroit Lions. Boy, you talk about a flip-flop of scenario. Detroit got so screwed, and we all know that, so screwed by the officiating. Uh, and I always say you can't leave it up to the officials, but, you know, uh, but that was a completely blatant and obvious call. Now the now – the, the uh, the audio is out, which makes and that by the way that officiating crew has now been demoted. They will not work in the postseason, which is kudos to the NFL and the NFL officials association for making uh, that statement and saying that these guys will not be working in the postseason because of that. Uh, it was so blatant. Uh, the the and you know what really pisses me off about officials. This is what makes me mad about this whole thing. When's the last time you heard an official go, "We effed up." There's always an excuse for ineptitude instead of just going, you know what? We screwed up. We, we apologize. We screwed up. There's you nothing know, we can do about it now, but we screwed up. I can't remember the last time I ever heard that. I love that you brought this up, Bill, because I was going nuts on what when did that? That game was Saturday night. So I'm laying in yeah, bed Saturday, Saturday night. night. I'm laying in bed. And you know who I was thinking about was Jim Joyce, who blew the Armando Galarraga perfect game. Yeah. This had to be like almost 15 years ago. And in the post-game presser after he saw the video, he was he was in tears. He's like, I, I ruined that game for that man. I'm sick to my stomach over it. Right. And then they shook hands the next day. And that's completely different than the NFL right. statement, which is deny everything. Like, I, I was thinking yes. the same thing as you the other night. Uh, I Now that the audio has come out, it's as clear as, as day. The official just effed up. He was not concentrating on what was going on in front of him at the time. He was watching a player run towards him. He was getting that number, nothing else. 
And Detroit, now it is there is a little onus upon Detroit, but you're trying to disguise things. It's not something that they haven't done over and over again. Dan Campbell even said, when we run this, this is what we're doing. Told the officials, was upfront about it. It's like there's not much more Detroit could have done other than grab the face of the official and say, look at me. Look at my number. I'm reporting as eligible. The official just effed up. And the whole explanation after the fact by the officiating crew and everybody making excuses for it, I understand it. And and via technicality, you're correct, technicality-wise. But the, the officiating screwed up. You just, they screwed up. So it flip-flops Detroit and Dallas when it comes to win total and when it comes to the ability. I mean, it changes things. Uh, Detroit then would host the Rams, and then the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles would then be going into Tampa Bay. The Philadelphia Eagles. And Phil, talk about a team that's struggling. Holy mackerel. What happened to Philadelphia? I mean, Jalen Hurts is not playing well. Their defense looks confused. It's like all of a sudden down the stretch, this team just lost its identity. They just don't. And, and now it's like quicksand. Now you're flailing and you're running and you're trying to do everything right. And you're, you're so tight. And now it's just, it's like going into quicksand. What was it like, by the way, when you said you were listening to uh, Ben Kenny and company <laughs> on the whip in, in Philadelphia? What was it like listening to Ben and company do the, uh, their version of their show? What was it, midnight, uh, something like that, on New Year's Eve, midnight to whenever? I think it was. What was it like listening to Philly Philly radio? It was midnight to 4 a.m. or something like that, which worked out perfectly for me being awake uh, after our New Year's Eve festivities. But, I mean, they were really good. I I think – Ben and probably some of the a lot of the other talkers on WIP have been talking about these issues for weeks, win or lose. So I don't think mm-hmm. any of this was new for them. What I think is hilarious is the callers were coming in in the middle of the night over and over and over again, and everyone's talking about how Sirianni's on the hot seat. And it's only in Philly where something like that could happen. Like two months ago, special team, you know, they have a knack for for pulling out these big wins, and now they're all putting Sirianni's feet to the flames. Philly is right. fascinating as a sports talk market. They're they're really yeah, in a league uh, of their own. A lot of anger management going on there too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that. A lot of anger management over there. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to Tim listening to us in Arizona. Tim, how you doing today, man? What's up? Glad to have you, Bill, as you would say. I missed you yesterday. But anyway, um, I heard a couple of good points. Well, first, since I am a 64-year Packer diehard person, I do remember Johnny Holland playing in the middle there for us Packers back when, when it was his turn. And it was a shame about his neck injury, which forced him up way before his time. Um, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday uh, I, I found um, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel podcast with Ryan Wood and Silverstein and the host, moderator. And one of the things they brought up was how close both Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers were right now in their time as starters for the, for the Packers. And Silverstein mentioned something that um, he was still out sitting on the fence to give a determination on um, Aaron Rodgers because – it wasn't until midway in the second year that it all clicked for him. So I'm going to hold my judgment out on 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 Jordan Love until midseason next year. Then I'll have a good uh, 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 um, as far as um, 
determination mm-hmm. on him. Now, sure. I was looking at the roster, and here's some of the guys. I just can't believe, you know, they're going to be gone for the defense. I know that Smith, um, because of age and his contract, he'll be gone. I do not want Mr. Campbell around anymore. You know, when I saw him standing on the sideline with that Mr. T starter set on him, you know, and then now he's quit the club the way I see it the last three weeks. He's got to go. Um, uh, Alexander and um, oh Stokes, both mm-hmm. too much, too many injuries with Wolf. That's not the pack way. You got to get on that field, and as Lombardi used to say, you got to play with those small hurts. And the last guy that I think that. He's gone, even though I'm surprised I seen him made a tackle on Sunday's game, was Mr. Savage. And it, just the idea that he started out great in his first year, great safety. But, boy, it's been all downhill uh, next uh, ever since. So, Bill, if you want to comment, I'll hang up. You can tell me about these guys that uh, no, I, appreciate I think it. that are not going to be him. Bye-bye, Bill. No, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, first of all, um, I agree with you with Jordan Love. I think they are going to give him a contract extension at some point after May. Uh, I don't think they're going to break the bank, uh, but I also think it's going to be hefty enough for him to be appeased. And I think it's going to be, uh, look, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm thinking to myself, you know, yeah, I want that contract and I want generational money. So I'm sure he's going to get that. You know, you get uh, upwards of $100 million or more. I'm sure he's going to get that. But you also want to be the Green Bay Packers and be smart to say, man, was this guy a one-hit wonder? We got to see another year's worth. We do have to make a decision. We're going to get more money. You're probably going to overpay him up front. Uh, and get your give yourself the ability to get out of it in the long run if indeed you need to do so. Or if you then want to add to it, you have that ability. So I, I'm 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 gonna be really interested to see what the contract number is. Now, going back to guys that you're gonna get rid of, um I found the Devondre Campbell presence interesting because guys that are banged up that can't play that are ruled out almost immediately. Sometimes they don't even make the trip, but Devondre Campbell apparently wanted to be there. Uh, if you were listening to the broadcast, listening to Wayne and Larry, but Devondre Campbell wanted to be there and wanted to be on the sidelines and wanted to be, you know, talking to the guys. So I don't know what's going on. And, you know, going back to what you were stating for some of the guys that aren't playing well or look like they've quit or they're not available, I don't know if that's a, hey, Joe Barry's an idiot and we don't want to play for him type of thing or if that's um, where they're legitimately banged up and they're just like, we just can't get the job done and maybe on advice of, you know, the docs and the defensive coordinators and such that maybe they just shouldn't be out there. I don't know. I don't know. But he wanted to be there. So for to say that uh, he he's quit, I I think what he said was is I'm not going to bust my ass to come back only to be blamed when things aren't right. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to bust my ass to come back because if I can't play well enough to be effective, I'm going to get blamed for it. And I quite frankly, I I can't disagree with that. Uh, what was very cryptic and intriguing was his, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or his wife, I can't remember uh, if he's married or not, I think he's married, I think it was his wife, said, can't wait for the season to be over, or this season can't get over soon enough. Um, it, and that was probably a boil over of frustration on her part. So it gave you a little bit of an insight, like maybe they're taking it out on him for his inability to be on the field and yet when he is out there, he's getting blamed because he can't keep up with, you know, 
the, the you know the guys that uh, he's being matched up with the wideouts that he's being matched up with when he's like first of all I couldn't keep up with him if I was at full strength much less putting me on these guys in the scheme so I I don't I don't know but he wanted to be there so I'm not going to say he didn't want to be there um, Savage was a hitter he's he's not he found himself in the doghouse last year uh, worked his way out of it uh, played okay uh, this season. But he's been a guy that's been banged up. And Jair, I don't know what to tell you about Jair. First of all, because of the contract, I don't think he's going anywhere. So you're going to have to keep him. But I, I don't know what's going on there. I, I, don't, I don't know. And that was the, the question going into the week. Would all of these distractions be problematic for a Green Bay Packers team that needs to win? Can they all put it behind them? And they certainly did. Give Matt LaFleur a lot of credit for being able to keep the the noise and what seemed to be a lot of cracking from within to be able to put a patch back on it and, and keep everything inside. And if you saw his postgame speech, I thought it was, although there are times when Matt LaFleur tries to act really tough, you kind of laugh, but uh, I, I, I liked it. I, I listened to it over and over again. I liked it. And I liked the response that the guys in that locker room gave. And what you look for – Sometimes in those videos, you don't necessarily look at the guys that are paying attention. You look at the guys in the back. You look at the guys that aren't. And he pretty much had the room. So I, I give him credit for that. He had the room. 877-867-1670. Did you see that postgame speech, Grant? Yeah, and sometimes I I take those with a grain of salt because it's put out by the official social media page. And, like, right. what parts of that speech and conversation are they not showing us? Because as fans, we, you know, the public right. should not see all that stuff. But... Yeah, I, I thought, what an awesome win for Matt LaFleur. And I think Packers fans, even if you're skeptical of him, you got to tip your cap because a couple of times, not just this year, but throughout his Packers career as head coach, short week uh, or on the road, dealing with injuries. This week it was a suspension. People are wondering what's going on in the locker room. And he has his fastball. He was walking Brian Flores up and down the field all game. So there's a long laundry list of games now where Matt LaFleur showed up when kind of his back has been against the wall or his team has been down and out. It's really impressive. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more to get to. Bottom of the hour, you're going to hear from Matt LaFleur after the ball game as well. So I want to hear you. I want to let you hear those comments. In case you missed it, many people were probably partying on New Year's Eve. So in case you missed it, you're going to hear that. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Starting off the new year right, if you are thinking about maybe upgrading your uh, office furniture. Maybe you're going to give a new outdoor canopy look to your business. Maybe you're going to have your boat redone. Maybe a new travel cover this year or a cover. Bimini top, whatever that may be. Getting some uh, upholstery refinished, whatever. Go to our buddy Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com up in Wausau. 715-870-2119. He takes stuff from everywhere. People come from all over, uh, down in Chicago even, as a matter of fact, uh, to get stuff done by Dwayne uh, just because it's top-notch. 
It's just really, really good, and it's it doesn't gouge you price-wise either. Um, some of these places, uh, you know, you start looking at boat covers for $1,000, $2,000, and <laughs> no. You get uh, an incredible amount of quality uh, for less less price, which is awesome. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. You can see his stuff there, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. You can also follow him over on Facebook uh, as well. But uh, just call directly, 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Bo Melton has been signed to the Packers' active roster uh, because they are now going to put Samari Torre on the injured reserve, which brings his 2023 season to the end. Uh, he suffered an undisclosed injury against the Vikings after catching one pass and fumbling that punt return. So uh, Samari Torre now on the IR. The Packers, though, still a little bit shorthanded because you got to remember Christian Watson's missed four consecutive games with that hamstring injury, Dontavian Wicks. Didn't play against the Vikings. He's got a chest and an ankle injury. Uh, you've got Jaden Reed, who left the game. He's undergoing tests, underwent tests yesterday, I believe, for a chest injury that sidelined him for the second half of the uh, game against the Vikings. Uh, and so even with Bo Melton on the roster, the Packers still a little bit thin at the wide receiving uh, core. Uh, Packers also signed a third-year strong safety Tyler Coyle to their practice squad to fill the open roster spot that Melton previously occupied. So Bo Melton is now up there, but, man, you need – and Jaden Reed, don't forget, with the chest injury, he's also battling that toe. He's coming back from that toe issue. So you got Christian Watson, who we're still waiting on, Dontavian Wicks, who you'd love to have back. Uh, you got Bo Melton, Romeo Dobbs, and, and Jaden Reed. They're, I mean, you know, you got a thin wide receiving core. You got five guys, three of which are banged up and two of which didn't even play in that contest. So you're getting relatively thin, and at some point, you know, you've got obviously, uh, you know, uh, Luke Musgrave, he's on the IR, and you've got Tucker Kraft, who's played admirably and really taken this opportunity for him to shine. But offensive weaponry, man, you're you're just kind of saying a couple of novenas. You can get some guys back and at least feel healthy again and get through this Bears game unscathed going into the postseason. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Joe listening to us in De Pere. Joe, how you doing, man? What's going on? Very good. Hey, I was just calling about the Devondre Campbell stuff. You know, I've been, I'm not a fan of Devondre Campbell either when he plays. Uh, I think it's his injury. I think, honestly, I think it's his neck. You watch how he was tackling the last couple games when he was playing. He was using his chest. He was trying to throw guys down instead of sticking in there. I think when you watch McDuffie play, or even the Wilson young man, they come and they bring it. They use their shoulders. But if you ever dealt with a neck injury, and I know personal experience from this for me, you just can't. It just totally changes everything you do or can feel. And I think mm -hmm. that's my personal opinion. And when you look at Devondre Campbell, I give him all the credit in the world. From what I hear from up here um, is that he is a really good teammate and guys really like him. And I like how he was on the sidelines cheering him on when McDuffie yeah. got hurt. He really represented as a leader. He showed concern. He had the earpiece in. He was all about the team, and I think we get on players because they don't perform, me included. I think everybody does. But he brings something that is more like a coaching aspect, I think, because I don't think he'll be on the Packers long after this year. I think he'll probably be gone. But I do think he possibly could be a coach down the road, wherever it may be, because he seems to have great character and is a good leader. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I, I uh, Thanks for the phone call. Now, everything you just said are things that we've heard. 
uh, and things that have been witnessed. He he can be a leader in that locker room. He can be a guy that's a sounding board. He does like to be a coach on the field. He does like to help the young guys. I mean, which is one of the reasons my assumption is is that he wanted to be there. He wanted to be on the sideline. He wanted to you know work with the guys. He wanted to help as much he can as much as he can. Uh, I don't know what set him off a couple of weeks ago. I really don't. I don't know. But the, whatever it was between him and his wife, it was a loud message saying well, they just couldn't wait for the season to be over, and he got tired of being blamed, fighting through injury to come back only to be blamed for things that were wrong. And the there was never an explanation, whether he was talking about from the fans or from the uh, – from uh, within, but it certainly seemed like there were opportunities to say, hey, some people just don't realize what we go through. Matt LaFleur could have said, hey, man, this guy's battled his ass off to come back and people want to, you know, fans want to rip him. Nah, I, I think it was more from within They because they stayed away from any comments regarding all of that. So uh, I think there's something deeper inside that locker room and Matt LaFleur is just trying to keep a lid on it and get through the remainder of the season. You know, just just wanted to get through. The, just needs to get through the season. You know, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, this one, by the way, this one's from uh, Tom. Tom says the pack reaction. Hey, big unit. This game leaves me confused. Like so much of the season, I want to get excited, but frankly, I think uh, they just beat a really bad team. The Bears are playing well, and they're going to be a better barometer of how this offensive defense has come. That's from T Dub in Tulsa. At some point, uh, and, and, and T-Dub, I agree with you because it's been so up and down. A team like the the Giants, they should have beaten, and you're thinking to yourself, what the hell just happened? You know, you watch Tampa Bay come in, and you're thinking, you, you know, you, you're at home, you're going to put up a good front, and then you watch Baker Mayfield as an incoming quarterback throw an absolutely positively perfect quarterback rating and just eat you up. And you're like, what the hell? You know, you don't move the ball very well. It seemed like things were herky-jerky and – Offensive play calling was questionable. You're like, where, where is this? Where's this coming from? And then they come out and they dominate the Lions. They dominate Kansas City. They dominate the Vikings. And people say, well, they only play up to the competition. Come on. They've beaten good. They've beaten bad. They've beaten the Vikings. I wouldn't consider the Vikings uh, uh, on the same level as, say, Minnesota. I wouldn't consider the Vikings on the same level as Dallas or San Francisco or anything like that at this point. But the NFC certainly is wide open. But the bottom line is you can only play on your schedule those that are on your schedule. And now all of a sudden the Bears are a formidable team where for the most part, most of the season the Bears sucked and couldn't get out of their own way. They've gotten their mojo. They played a little bit better. Granted, absolutely. So I give, I give the Bears credit. This is the reason the old adage of on any given Sunday comes so true. It's because on any given Sunday, a team can just rise up and play. They're all NFL players. They can rise up and play well, and they can beat you. And if your quarterback plays well and he gets protection and has certain elements that he can do better than your defense or you give him time to do it, they're going to beat you. Same thing for the Green Bay Packers this weekend. If they give Justin Fields time, give him unscripted plays outside of the pocket, he can beat them. But to me, it's, it's all going to be about the Packers offense. It's all going to be about the play calling and the Packers offense. As much as we want to think about Joe Barry's defense, it's all going to be about the offense because your best defense is an offense with sustained drives and puts points on the board. That's it. That's your best defense. So we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you this. I know one thing. I'm excited for the game. Really excited for the game. I can't wait. A reminder. 
We're going to be at Burkle's one block over coming up on Sunday, immediately following the Packers and the Bears. Get over there. Come on by and say hi. Get some food. Get some beverages. Hopefully we're all celebrating together. We'll give you the Green and Gold postgame show live from Burkle's one block over. The old Champions Pub right behind Stadium View. That's where we're going to be. So for those of you that are always looking for us after Packers games, that's where you can find us. And it's huge. So it's not like you're going to come in and uh, very rarely would you come in and not find yourself a seat or a table or something to that effect. But it's never so crowded that you can't get in the door. So come on by and say hi. And, again, we'll be at Burkle's one block over coming up on Sunday immediately, immediately following the Packers and the Bears coming up at Lambeau Field. More of the Bill Michaels Show. You're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's better than free? How about play free all year? This January at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel Milwaukee, you can win over $2,000 in reward play every month all year long. Just play your favorite games to earn prize drawing entries. Then stop by each Thursday night in January to see if you're a winner. $400,000 in prizes is up for grabs. Over 40 winners each week. Yeah, free is for me. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Welcome back. Hey, the Bill Michaels Huddle. Tomorrow night, we're in studio. But a week from tomorrow night, we're coming back to lacrosse. Lacrosse, we're coming. We're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill again. They wanted us back. The encore performance. So the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up next Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night, 6 to 8. Next week, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill. We're going to be back in lacrosse and really, really, really looking forward to it. Matt LaFleur spoke to the media right after the game. A very joyous Matt LaFleur pointing out everything. Take a listen. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, really proud of our our team tonight. I thought uh, that was a complete football game, really in every phase for four quarters. I think Minnesota got a lot of respect for, for their, their coaches and players and what they've been able to accomplish. I know they were shorthanded, a lot of guys, but... Um, you know, we've been down that road, too, and we've had a lot of guys step up. It was great to see guys like Bo Mountain get 100 yards and his his first touchdown and um, CB go in there at corner and, and uh, Corey Ballantyne stepping up, getting the call last minute to go in there and start. And anytime you can come out of game and hold Jefferson to 56 yards, I think you got a good chance of, of winning the football game. So a lot of great um, – performances tonight but we also understand what we have in front of us and it really means nothing unless we take care of business next week and in Lambeau we were in a similar situation a year ago and and couldn't get it done so um, we know it's going to be a tremendous challenge I think Chicago is as improved as any team when you look at them from week one to where they are now obviously they've done a really really good job uh, the last few weeks in particular kind of gotten on a roll uh, so we know it's going to be a great challenge. We know we're going to get their best shot, and I'm sure they'd l- love nothing more than to knock us out of, of the playoffs. Knock us out of, of the playoffs. Matt, you guys had 13 different guys have pressures tonight. That's the most for any team in a single game this season. What do you think of just the way your defense are playing? Yeah, I thought our defense uh, came ready to play. I think you got to give hats off to Joe Barry and, and our defensive staff for coming up with a great game plan, and I know he's taken a lot of heat lately. and. Um, you know, it's 
again, it's one game, but I was happy for, for him, our staff, our players to go out there and put on a performance against, I, I think, a, a really good offense. So, um, you know, I was just really, really proud of those guys. As much as Minnesota struggled with turnovers, you guys weren't getting on defense. Just what did it mean to get a turnover so early in the game? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, I'm not quite sure who uh, got the deflection, but I think it was off their, yeah, it was off their uh, hands, whatever. But for him to make that play uh, was big time. Um, I just thought we, and then Preston Smith with the sack fumble, obviously that was a that was a critical play to turn that into to seven points right there at the end of the half. Uh, Jaden Reed did a, a hell of a job on that play. Um, and he's been battling all season, just fighting through. Um, just he's had a lot of pain. Let's just put it that way. And for him to go out there and put on a performance like that, I thought was huge. Coming away with two touchdowns, um, and just seeing how this guy, how gritty he is. Um, I mean, he's as tough as they come. Did the fact that you guys were out twenty points in the fourth the decision to, to keep Jaden out, or was he actually? He, he was. He was ruled out. So, um, matter of fact, they took him. I don't. I'm not quite sure where we're at with him. Uh, they took him for some tests and CT and scans and all that. So, uh, we're hopeful. Hopefully, he'll be all right for next week. Um, I know if there's anybody that can get through it, it's him. What sort of work did Bo put in? You know that we don't see to allow a guy who's up and down all the time to have a day like this. Yeah, I it just. I, from day one that Bo got here. Uh, just an unbelievable attitude, un unbelievable approach. He's been team first all the way, uh, brings great energy, takes great pride in his work, uh, does a good, really good job when you know he wasn't up, just giving great looks and performing well on, on the, the show teams, giving great looks to the defense, preparing our corners, preparing our defense uh, for whoever the receiver may be uh, that that the defense needs to take away. And um, just really happy for him, man, because he's he's earned it. I hate to ask it this way because it's almost negative in my but are you looking at the offense where it was against Minnesota back week, game was, are you are you even a little surprised with where you've gotten to these last two games, especially where you've been like at a peak efficiency? I mean, it's like data. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a lot of hard work that's been put in. I think we've evolved as an offense. Obviously, there's a learning curve. Any, anytime you get a bunch of new players and trying to figure out what everybody does well, uh, I think it's you know it's a credit to really everybody involved. Our, our assist, from our assistant coaches um, down to our players. Uh, I think Jordan Love is. I can't say enough great things about him. Just his ability to to hang in there versus some tough looks, drifting away from pressure, putting the ball in play, allowing his guys to go make plays. I think he is playing at an incredibly high level. I'm super happy for him because he's put in a ton of work to, to get to this point. And uh, I, I really think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's just, he's just uh, showing a glimpse of what he can ultimately be. And he's been more consistent as he, as the season's progressed with a young group around him. And I think the guys around him have performed at a higher level. Um, 
but all in all, I just, uh, yeah, to see the progress, you know, that our offense has made, especially when we were going back, looking at the tape, I was kind of cautiously optimistic, I'll say, in terms of how we performed the first time we played these guys to where we are now. And I thought we could we could make the necessary improvements and the, the adjustments from a game plan uh, perspective, but also Happy New Year, everybody. Um, sorry, that was a little distracting. But uh, yeah. That's a good answer. All right. I know you always have calls that you wish you could have back, but it sure looks like you and Jordan are in a really good rhythm and sync from play caller and quarterback. Do you feel that way right now? And what is the growth process? We talked about the growth that he's shown, but in terms of knowing what he does well, and do you feel like you two are in a in a really good place right now? In terms of yeah, I'd say so. I, I think there's a lot of good communication throughout the course of the week, understanding why we're calling certain things and what we're trying to get to, and then what I think is, you know, uh, been the biggest difference is just the trust in terms of the trust that I have in him for when it's not the right look to go out there and not make a bad play worse or get us out of a bad play. And then, um, you know, just him playing the position. I just think he does such a great job of reading whatever concept we have called for what the defense presents and him just going through it and, and just playing it true. I think he's done a really good job. I think. You know, Tom Clements deserves a lot of credit for his ability to, to groom him and um, the work that Jordan's put in. For you to have that trust, you have to see some moments that give you reason to have them, right? Even though you've had them for three years, when did that start to maybe change, you think? I really think the, the turning point was in the Pittsburgh game. And I know we didn't win that game, but I, I just, I was kind of cautiously optimistic. Um, when we when we came out of that game, in terms of, from an offensive standpoint, that we were executing some things and he was making some plays, and I know it didn't the, the ending didn't go the way we wanted it to, but um, I think there was a little bit of a shift in terms of some of the things we were doing and just allowing him to go out there and, and be obviously the playmaker that he is definitely capable of being. For 2023, but what did these games mean for what you're trying to build here? These are playoff-like games. Um, you need these in the big picture. Yeah, I think um, you know, anytime you go through a struggle and you can come out the other side, you're usually better for it. And we've certainly faced our fair share of adversity in all phases. And um, you know, our guys continue to fight. They continue to battle. They continue to show up on a daily basis with a great attitude and, and the willingness to work. And I think, you know, when when you do that, good things happen. They, they generally tend to ha happen that way. And um, just super proud of, of the effort of our men, that men in the locker room. And, um, you know, just really happy for them. But again, it means nothing if we don't take care of business next Sunday. So I understand it means nothing if you don't take care of business next Sunday. But to be in this position, you know, have the youngest roster in the league, you have a 
first-year starter, you traded away a Hall of Famer. What does it mean to you guys to be in this position to even have this opportunity? Yeah, I think it means uh, it means everything. This the season's obviously on the line. There's a lot of hard work and dedication that obviously goes into, and it's not just us; it's every team in the league. But to to watch and see the growth that our guys have have made, I think through the course of the season, has been pretty remarkable. And I'm really proud of of those guys in that locker room, and I'm you know really excited for for next Sunday versus Chicago Bears at home and. Hopefully our fans will, will show up and support us and, and give us that edge. There you go. Matt LaFleur after the game the other night and uh, hoping that the fans are going to show I would assume. Look, Packers-Bears, first of all, it's a rivalry game. Packers fans show up in droves, uh, and now it means something. Uh, you get this team a uh, win. They get themselves into the postseason. You want to shut the Bears out. You want to get them down again. Uh, beat them twice again within the same season, all that kind of stuff. Bears fans are going to come. I mean, they're going to they're, they're feeling good about their team. They've got five, four of their last five they've had wins with. They feel good all of a sudden about their quarterback again. And they've got the number one overall pick, and they would love, love nothing more than to infiltrate Lambeau Field and to show up and knock off the Green Bay Packers, much like Detroit did last year, and take away their postseason hopes. So uh, I would assume it's going to be one hell of a game coming up at Lambeau Field this coming weekend, and I'm glad to be a part of it. We're going to be at Burkle's one block over immediately following with all the post-game information and reaction and such. If you've ever wanted to see Elvis or Priscilla, there's going to be a bunch of them at the Four Seasons Island Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin, coming up uh, this weekend. They've got the Elvis Wine Dinner. They do have a couple spots left for this. A couple spots. <laughs> they've got the Elvis Impersonator for Entertainment. Uh, Brian Mock is going to be, uh, getting underway at four o'clock in the lounge bar. Then the Elvis wine dinner dedicated to Elvis himself. Spots are still available. If you want to get a hold of them, uh, get a hold of our girl, Barb, call Barb, uh, up there at four seasons on the resort, 715-938-5110. The wine dinner you got to pay for, but the room stay, you get 15% off of if you tell her you heard it right here. So, therefore, you can head up to the Elvis Wine Dinner. You can still get the Wine Dinner, which is fantastic. Those things are awesome, the way they do them. They're so well run. So comfortable, but so well run. So professionally run. You got Elvis in the lounge, and then downstairs you have uh, Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill. You can watch the Packers game down there and just enjoy your weekend. That's our friends over there at Four Seasons Island Resort. And as soon, I would assume now that it's gotten colder, they're making the snow fly at uh, Pine Mountain. And uh, you can get a hold of a, a Barb there as well. Call Barb, one number, 715-938-5110. Head over, head over to Pine Mountain. The ski resort and a snow skiing is going to be up and running relatively soon. So both places, fantastic. But the Elvis Wine Dinner coming up this weekend at the Four Seasons Island Resort. And you're going to want to call Barb and get a reservation for this with only a couple of spots left. 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. More of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. 
Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Going to stop over later today, as a matter of fact, uh, Stoley's Hog Alley out there in Oconomowoc. For two reasons. One is I'm going to get some takeout. I'm just kind of feeling it today. I got a lot of stuff to do around the house. Now that uh, the holidays are winding down, we do have a, uh, for there was a couple of friends that uh, we really uh, had invited to the, the holiday party, uh, the Christmas party, and they weren't able to make it. Uh, they were traveling. So we said, hey, let's get a, a few, a small group for like a dinner party together uh, before all the holiday decorations and everything come down. So uh, we've got our final holiday party, uh, Christmas party coming up on uh, Friday here at the house. So uh, I'm going to stop over because I got work to do here. I don't feel like cooking tonight. I just don't. Uh, I did last night. I sat at home. I didn't do nothing. I was a big vegetable. I watched nothing but football all day. Didn't hardly do a damn thing. So tonight I'm uh, going to head over to Stoli's. Grab some takeout, and then after that, I got to drop off his crockpot, too. He was over here for the holiday party, the Christmas party, speaking of that, and uh, Alicia brought their crockpot, so I got to take their crockpot back. So I'm going to stop over to Stoli's, get some food, come home, get some work done around the house tonight, maybe watch some hoops. There's going to be basketball on. So that's my night tonight. But if you're uh, looking for something to do or great fish fries starting up again uh, for a brand-new new year of 2024, that's Stoley's Hog Alley out in Oconomowoc or Stoll's Old 109 in Watertown on County Road R. Both places, fantastic, but even better people. So stop in and uh, tell Jeff and Alicia and the whole gang out there that uh, we said hi. We appreciate them and glad to have them on board again for 2024. So there you go. 877 uh, You want to hit us up, do so. Uh, bottom of the next hour, coming up here uh, in about 35 minutes, Jim Ozarski normally makes his regular Tuesday visit with us and talks Bucks basketball, but because it's kind of a, a weird green and gold Monday, we were kind of feeling whether or not we wanted to actually get into that, but we will. We'll get into that. Jim's uh, not available the rest of the week, so we're going to have Jim make his usual Tuesday visit with us, and we're going to talk some about Bucks lose to the Pacers again. Again. Man. I don't know what it is about the Pacers, but they just have the Bucks number. And they kind of waste a Giannis triple-double in the loss. But we'll talk with Jim about what the Pacers have over the Bucks. It just makes them such an incredibly formidable opponent. And we'll get into that coming up at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, we're going to talk a lot more about the Packers. But one thing I have not touched on, and because it's kind of a green and gold Monday, but nevertheless, you had the Badgers who their offensive line. Now, look, you, you can't keep just standing there and taking sacks, but, man, Everything broke down in the end of that game yesterday. The, the Badgers played pretty well. I was, I was impressed going toe-to-toe with LSU, even though LSU's Heisman Trophy winning quarterback was not on the field. They still went toe-to-toe with them, and I, I, I enjoyed the game. And I thought, you know what, get a couple of first downs, move the ball down the field, and you'll get the win. And they, they three straight times. When was the last time you've seen three straight sacks out of anybody against the Badgers and against the Badgers' offensive front? Uh, they just they just cut, brought pressure up the gut. They brought it around the edge. It wasn't like one person was getting beat. Everybody was getting beat. And man, it was uh, it was brutal to watch the end of that uh, the Relia Quest Bowl. Well, that was it, right? The Relia Quest Bowl, Grant. I th- I think so. Yeah, I don't there, even. Know. There wasn't a lot of juice. Like I was glad to have a game on, and I watched it, but right, there wasn't a lot of juice in that game. I I watched. I flipped back and forth between that and the Tournament of Roses parade. And which I enjoyed. I actually like the Tournament of Roses Parade better than Macy's, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, I have come to the determination that I cannot stand NBC's coverage of either. 
I, I just can't. Uh, I mean, I know that they're the presenter and they've got to carry, you know, certain sponsors and do certain reads, but I cannot stand NBC's coverage of it. Or at least the people that are presenting it. Oh my God, they're terrible. Just, I mean, it's just such, I, maybe it's the reason I don't watch the Today Show, but oh my God, I just, I can't stand it. But anyway, that being said, uh, I watched uh, the Relia Quest Bowl flip back and forth between that and the Tournament of Roses and Parade and you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, the end of that game was bad for the Badgers. Just – it was just disappointing. You snatched, you know, victory from you – know, or snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It just – ugh. It was not good. So, uh, we got another hour yet to go, and we're going to talk more about this Green Bay Packers team. And now – and this is a question. I can't even take credit for this. This is from Mark, who says, uh, Bill, it looks like this team's going to make it to the postseason. They just have to knock off the Bears. If they make it to the postseason, as you say, just get to the tournament, what do you think the Packers' chances are of at least advancing after week one into the divisional round? i got to think about that. Can I ask you a a question that's kind of related to that? I'll give you a topic here after the top of the hour because it's something that you mentioned earlier. Ask me now. We'll carry it over the top. Okay. If you're a Cowboys fan and you're hyped about this playoff run, aren't you kind of like, ugh, Packers come to Jerry World? Aren't you like, ugh, anyone but this stupid Packers team? I know Rodgers is gone, but if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be like, I don't want any part of this. That's a good question. We'll deal with that, too, when we come back. Stick around. We still got another hour yet to go. We're not going anywhere. Nowhere at all. This portion brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. They have terrific windows and doors. I have them in my home. I swear by them. Safe, secure, economical, curb appeal, value to your home. There's no reason not to go to Pella. You can give me all the reasons in the world, but there's no reason not to go. Go to PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Next. 